You are now listening to the Here for the Truth podcast, hosted by Joel Rafidi and Erasmus Stylianessis. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 18. We have a really amazing guest for you. But first, I want to give a shout out to our three patrons, our conspiracy gangsters, uh, uh, Tina Rafidi, Sophie Fletcher, and Nancy Hamper, right? Bro, is that your wife? Oh, Sophie? Yeah, yeah, that's my wife. Wait, is, is Tina your mom? All right, listen, yeah, we got the support of the fam. That's where it starts. Lucky our loved ones love us. Let's see. Anyway, it. so happy to have um, Tom Barnett here. Uh, really excited. I'm going to pass it over to Joel. He's going to share a little bit about Tom. Yeah, absolutely. Tom's someone who's been prominent in the Australian freedom, health and truth community for a while now. You may have seen him floating around. Um, Tom is a holistic health practitioner and mindset coach covering diverse topics from law, culture and sociology to human health and spirituality. Many people from all walks of life have found value in Tom's relaxed and calm demeanor while getting right to the point, providing valuable, stable content that will remain applicable for life. Tom, thanks for being here, man. We, we really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, boys. Good to be here. I loved the intro. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, I just want to jump into something just because I first came to know you because of uh, a video that went viral. That was you talking about how you can't catch a virus. And we seem to be in a time where um, obviously crazy time with coronavirus and everything. And there's this argument over over people who are getting the vaccine, people who aren't getting the vaccine, testing, you know, new variants, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, why don't we start with that video that started it all? Like, can you talk to us about it? And can you tell us about that? Well, you can't catch a virus. How? Why? I'd love for you to uh, share that with our guests. I mean, with our, uh, sure. our, our uh, audience. Yeah. Well, look, that video was because I didn't think that people would buy into that sort of story. I didn't think that people would believe that people falling over in the street that just happened to be filmed in China and all the stuff that didn't make any sense. I didn't think that they would buy into that and then that it would come to Australia, but then it did. So then because my friends weren't acting very intelligently, I thought I'd make a video and I thought I'd just put a bit of humor in there, make it a bit fun. So it wasn't just like me paying them out. And then it turns out that everyone else saw that video as well. And then that just got me an audience that uh, I hadn't previously been exposed to. So that was good. The funny thing is though, that we're however many months on now, 18 months or something on, and, uh, and people are still, I don't know. It's funny though, because so many people have woken up since then, which is amazing. But it's just, I can't believe that not only do people think that people falling over in the street was real in China, but now they keep, despite all the evidence to the contrary, and even though other countries as well have recognized that no one's ever isolated some SARS-CoV-2 strain of some virus that apparently exists, that they're still allowing things to be locked down and still wearing masks out of fear and still just yeah, buying into the narrative. So maybe it's time for another video, I don't know. But at the same time, it's just, it's good that so many people are waking up every day more and more. And that's a real positive. That's something that I take a lot of uh, solace in. I really enjoy that. Yeah. But it is still strange to me that the narrative can has held up that long when it was so flimsy to begin with. But I guess that's the nature of the world. So mm -hmm. <laughs> is what it is. So how did you come to that conclusion? Obviously, there's people like Dr. Andrew Kaufman, Stefan Lanka, um, Thomas Cowan, people in the German New Medicine community, et cetera, that you know, have a different views of 
viruses, what they are and, and what, what impact they have on the body. So I'd love to know a little bit more of that backstory that then led you into creating that video and, and the education. That sure. You so I studied traditional science and medicine when I was, I started from when I was young, actually, I had a fascination with the body and science in general. And I was good academically. So from school, I naturally gravitated towards studying science at college. Before going to college, though, I started going to universities when I was about 15 or 16 because my parents worked at a university and I would go there after school and I'd take books out of the library and sit in the library and study physics and chemistry and biology. And then I would also attend some of the lectures because I don't think people realize but you don't have to be enrolled in a college to attend the classes. You can just go and attend the classes. So I do that as well. And I was, I thought vaccines were great. I thought that viruses you could catch. I thought bacteria was bad. I thought fungal infections would kill you. And then in my early twenties, because I was an athlete and doing too many things, living very out of balance, I became chronically ill, had chronic fatigue. That was partly due to mercury toxicity or an over exposure that got to a saturation point and then just stressing my body out and mind too much was out of balance. So I ended up with uh, what's, what's collectively termed chronic fatigue syndrome and lasted many, many years. I ran out of all the savings that I'd, I'd made seeing doctors and specialists and naturopaths and natural healers and nothing really did anything. And then through Paul Check's work, who was the first guy that I found gave real value to me. I'm not saying nobody else gives value. I'm just saying for me at that point in my life, he was the first that made some sense about bringing things into balance mentally, emotionally, um, psychologically, and spiritually. And to start to get a feel for those aspects, which I previously had not, at least I had not, you know, consciously gone down those roads. So I then started finding out about Rudolf Steiner's work. And then I started finding out about Antoine Béchamp's work. And then I'm going, these guys say that germ theory is a bit of uh, BS. So I thought, well, this is interesting because I'm getting like 13 colds a year. That's more than one a month on average. And I've got, you know, like cold sores and I've got other viral activity going on. Surely I'm catching these off people on the bus because I'm immunocompromised, right? My immune system's down because I overtrained, I flattened myself and I'm getting sick often. So therefore my immune system is not working well. That's according to my scientific study. And so then I'm thinking, well, this is kind of starting to make a lot of sense. Like up here, I'm going, that actually makes sense. This is making, like, these people aren't idiots. These people are, you know, really smart guys. And I'm thinking, is what I've been buying into, is that all pharmaceutical stuff? Because I know they're not really that, you know, as I got more into natural health, I'm thinking, no, that pharmaceutical thing has got a lot that needs to be questioned. So then I'm thinking, well, maybe everything I've learned about science and the way medicine works is perhaps along those lines too. But because I really need to, I need experiential evidence. So I read it and it made a lot of sense to my brain, but I still needed to figure that out for myself. And look, I was in a stage where I didn't really care if I lived or died. You know, I was, I was uh, not functioning well, didn't really see any way out of it because everybody who was supposedly an expert was leaving me high and dry and draining my money until I had none. So then I was like, well, you know, what difference does it make now? So I thought, I'm going to test it. So then I was hanging around and exposing myself to people who had various viral, current viral infections, and I couldn't infect myself. I exposed myself to blood, urine, uh, sexual fluids from females, spit, mucus, and 
I just couldn't infect myself. And I was like, ah, okay, well, hey, it just, this is it. This is, this is enough evidence for me. It was enough for me, sorry, it wasn't enough for me just to have studied the work of people who obviously didn't have an agenda. They weren't backed by or backing a pharmaceutical agenda. So that to me makes more sense straight away. That's more truthful to me. But then I still need to find it out because I was sick of people who'd read a few books thinking that they know how the body works, but clearly had not experienced anything themselves or necessarily healed anyone from a chronic illness. So I was all about experience at that point because the whole, I know stuff, I've got a high IQ, I've got eight HDs on my physics and biology test. That meant nothing to me at that stage from, you know, people with all, you know, a wall full of, uh, you know, certificates yeah. that meant nothing at this point. So it was all about that. And, and that's, I couldn't, I proved it to myself at that point. And then from then working from that focal point or that filter, I went ahead and did a lot more experiments and uh, looked at how animals operate with dogs and horses and cats. And then as I moved into becoming a holistic health practitioner, I was working with that model with patients too, and having a lot of success. And that was from me, I haven't looked back since then. It's amazing. Yeah. Did, did you get a lot of, a lot of support? Did you get a lot of backlash when that video came out? Like what was the, not that you like measured it, or maybe you did measure it. I don't know. You do a lot of experimentation, no, I didn't know. <laughs> uh, but like, no. were there people that were really intrigued when that video yeah. went viral? Were they like, yo, Tom, you're fucking crazy. What are you doing? Um, or was it more no. like, huh, you're a smart guy. Uh, let, let's see what you have to say. Well, it was both. Obviously you'll always get something. If something's polarizing, you'll have both. You'll have mm -hmm. people that love you and people that want to kill you. And the mainstream media that picks up things like that, which I didn't see, I only found out in an interview about a month ago what the mainstream media said about me because I don't look at mainstream media. I don't pay attention to it. I don't even, I posted that video on Facebook and YouTube, but I don't use it. So I didn't really, well, I didn't at that stage use it. So I didn't really know what people were saying. I was just hearing it secondhand through other people. And in the street, which is the real world, I had people coming up to me all the time, thanking me for making the video. Not one person ever came up to me and said, I hate you. You're wrong. You're whatever. You know, I'm sure there was a ton of online backlash and yeah, the mainstream media would have picked it up to try to run to slander me because mm -hmm. I don't want that kind of story getting out that you can't catch the golden boy virus. That is the reason that they're, you know, trying to pull all their stunts. Yeah. But the funny thing is, is in an interview recently, a guy pulled up the mainstream news article and he read it to me and I was thinking what the hell is this because what they did was they said you know this guy claims you can't catch a virus and viruses can only be caught if they're injected into your body and that this happens and that I'm like you've just summarized the key points in my video and put it out there for the mainstream to hear and it's funny because our minds don't generally register the negatives so if we're trying to make affirmations to ourselves, like we go, all right, I'm going to get fit. It's like, okay, I'm going to get up. Uh, I'm not, I'm not a fat idiot. 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 Your brain doesn't register not. It just registers. I'm fat idiot. I'm fat idiot. That's what will happen if you affirm the negative to yourself. You've got to affirm the positive. So when they say stuff like this failed politician, this idiot, this mm. conspiracy theorist, Tom Barnett says, you can't catch a virus. You can only catch it if it's injected. The brain actually, the, the unconscious doesn't register all of those slander. It just registers the key points. And I'm like, are you guys on our side or what? You actually just made my video. The key points, you've summarized them for the mainstream. I was like, I couldn't believe it. 
So realistically, I don't think anything worked against me. I think it was all, yeah. all positive. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you just make up a good point because even with censorship, I always feel like it ends up biting them in the ass because they censor all this stuff and yeah, everyone's like, oh, it's getting censored. And then what, what is behind the veil? I want to go see that. And then more and more people wake up. So it's an interesting strategy, the tactic that these, you know, these, whatever you want to call them, they use the, the elite, et cetera, the mainstream media, the people pulling the strings. I, I just find that interesting. Yeah, totally. And also because the old expression is that uh, any marketing or what is it? Any attention is good marketing, whether it's good or bad. You know, if you're a mm-hmm. public figure, which I'm not, but, you know, if you're an actor or a politician, whether you get a good news article or a bad news article, it doesn't matter because it's all marketing and exposure. So they say it all is good. And then it just makes me wonder whether either partly they're on our side and they're just trying to let idiots weed themselves out or they are, it's just maybe because of universal law, they have to tell the truth in one way or another. So rather Mm -hmm. than them tell the truth, they'll expose somebody who is telling the truth and make them sound like an idiot, but they're still telling the truth. So under universal law, they have exposed truth to the masses rather than hiding it because they don't have to go, hey, by the way, we're doing this angle and he's really right, but we're just trying to make it sound like he's not. They don't have to do that under natural universal law. They only have to expose the truth and allow the individual to recognize it for themselves. I mean, your podcast is about here for truth. So it's, it's, I really think that it's that element that they want the truth out there because they know that if they censor it completely, they're in deep shit with a, a much higher force mm-hmm. of creation than them. Yeah. So then they do leak things like this, but they just, they're under no obligation to tell people what they're actually doing. Yeah. Well, I mean, at the same time, confusion seems to be the basis of the psychological warfare at the moment, right? We can see how many times they've backflipped and forth on a million things like masks don't work, masks do work, PCR test doesn't work, PCR test does work. And for someone trying to discern truth that, isn't really looking at alternate sources. You just be in an absolute whirlwind um, altogether with with this stuff, and almost at the point where it's like, okay, someone just tell me what to do because I can't figure it out myself. Um, but I mean, trying to trying to understand the psychology of the propaganda that's spewed at us that's a that's a, that's another ball game altogether, man. It's it's a tough one to to decipher. Yeah, it's well, it's not for people like us, but for the average you know, individual who's new to things, then yeah, and I, I get that that would be confusing. I mean, we were probably all went through a period where we'd hear something and, you know, for the first time, we'd like, oh, I don't know about that. That sounds kind of crazy. And yeah. you know what? I really expect that that video that I did, some people would have heard it and brushed it off and 10 years down the track, they'll go, oh, I remember this video that guy made and yeah, I, I, that resonates with me now. But until yeah. that point, everyone wakes up at their own time and that's all fine too, you know? I don't expect that. I I always expect that there's a certain number of people at any moment that are designed to get to that point and they'll always be the masses. So, and that's cool. Well, it's such a, it's such a mind shattering paradigm for someone to contemplate that a virus might not actually exist. And I might not be in, in a constant state of fear and threat by simply walking and contributing to society in some kind of normal way. Um, But it's such an empowering thing at the same time. And it's almost like, um, I guess people are comfortable with that fear, right? They're, they're, they, they, they don't want it taken from them. It's almost like a blanket in some kind of way from where I'm looking anyway. It's a place of reference, yeah. Without yeah. it, they don't know necessarily who they are. They don't, like the government's their mummy and their daddy. 
Yeah. That's what it's like for people who live in fear. They are not ready to take responsibility for themselves yet. That's too scary. Yeah. So like anyone growing up, mummy and daddy tell you that it's wrong to, you know, touch your penis, then you'll grow up thinking that that's an evil thing and it's wrong, you know? Yeah. And then you'll have problems when you're older. Yeah. But while you're under that parental mind, well, then that's your safety net. So thinking that gives you a sense of I'm okay in the world, I'll be safe if I follow those rules or I think that. And then once you outgrow the parental mind, you've got the tribal mind. And the tribal mind will always bring you back into, hey, you don't step outside of there. Don't wear those colors. That's not the tribal colors. You do this. And it's scary to step out of that. But then you step out of that and then you're in a larger mind and another larger mind. So there's always uh, parameters that we will need to grow beyond for for our whole life, really, until we completely transcend that ego mind and we're into a more of an enlightened state. Yeah. You know, I, um, we're 17 months in, I think, to this whole charade. Uh, well, I mean, it depends on when you say the charade started. It's been going on. But in terms of like COVID-1984, uh, um, what I saw a recent video um, you did on Instagram. Um, it was around like not, not just why, why try to keep this broken system going. And so what, when you think about where we're at right now, what are the solutions like what what is your advice to people to focus on because we can get caught up in this divide and conquer thing like okay i'm I'm unvaccinated like all you vaccinated people are doing this that and the other and then you have the vaccinated people doing the same thing to do like what what can an individual focus on like what do you think is the solution does babylon need to completely fall and there to be chaos and then something like the phoenix rising from the ashes something new coming or will it be a slower transition like what do you think is happening will happen what are the solutions that people can can focus on i'm not sure that there's a i don't even know that they know what their end game is i think that they're they know what they want but how it happens i'm not sure so will it be a complete fall and then a rising from the ashes don't know that's prophesized in many ways Will it be a gradual, well, will it fizzle out and be something that they hadn't even thought of yet? Because realistically, it's us. We're the ones that determine what happened. We walk into it or we create it or both. So as far as your question goes is what do we do for me? And it's not necessarily the answer. It's just my Mm -hmm. answer for myself. It's creating. And what am I creating every day? And uh that's really all it comes down to. And if I don't even know what I'm creating, at least if I'm being creative, I, I feel I'm on the right track. As far as things falling, I think it will. I think there will be a lot of deaths, but at the same time, uh, I mean, that's always happened as well. And it's always the free will of the individual to choose that because nobody, no one can ever say they've never heard that vaccines aren't good, that 5G is not good, that junk food's not good, that cigarettes aren't good that plastics in there, like burning plastic or uh, using chemicals, no one's ever heard, or no one can say that they've never heard, I should say, that those things aren't good, but they willingly choose it anyway. And that's fine. That's absolutely fine. So we will all choose what happens. And maybe it's an individual element. Maybe we have to, for some people, it'll be a complete death, not a physical death, but a complete dissolution of the reality that they perceive and then arising from the ashes of a new perception. It doesn't necessarily have to be the literal sense of the system in the Babylonian city collapsing and then something new rising. 
that's one way of interpreting that. But the other might be on an individual soul level of a collapse of the sense of self and who we are, and then a rising of something else, which no one would see to the naked eye. That doesn't look like a collapse and a rise. That just looks like, I don't know what, did you cut your hair or something? I don't know. You know, yeah. it's just, you can't really pick it. It's an internal aspect. So the answer, I'm not really sure, but for me, I'm quite confident in, I'm never, I never think that I absolutely know, but I just, trust my feelings and I feel that I am moving in the right direction as far as what I'm creating. And as long as I'm doing that and I'm, I'm grounded the whole time and I'm connected to a higher, my higher self and to spirit, then I feel like whatever happens will be the right thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, man. I think we've all been disillusioned in some way, shape or form over the last couple of years. Um, and obviously freedom is not separate from responsibility, right? And what we what we have now is, as you said, it's 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 a choice. We have we do have the opportunity to take more responsibility and in turn have more freedom. And that choice is being presented to every individual on some level at the moment. Because prior to this whole whole charade, there wasn't really that window, right? It was wasn't open as much, but now it's almost like it's wide open. And everyone's like, okay, where do I stand? What do I really want to do? What is my true self? What is the most authentic thing for me? And there's actually prime fertile ground for me to take steps towards growing that plant at, at this point in time. And as you said, man, um, I love it, your perspective on creativity because imagination is first and foremost. And imagination allows us to create beyond these structures and to think outside these structures and that's really the essence of who we are. It's, it's what, is, what that calling is for each unique individual. And I just implore and urge people more than ever to, to tap into that and really find out what it is that I want to fucking feel right now as a human being. Totally. And to have the experiences too. Yeah. You know, we spoke about that on that yeah. call last night is to have the experience because so many people are shying away from it. Yeah. It's like the, this box that they're in this is my safety ground and don't let me out the sun, that'll burn me. Or don't let me, those birds come near me, they'll poo on me or they'll peck me or something. It's like, <laughs> get out and have the experience. If you shy away from that, like literally if you're afraid to live, you're already dead. What are you scared of? People are afraid of death. And it's like, you're dead anyway. You're not living if you're afraid of, of getting out and being alive. So just do it. You know, I There's an old expression that, uh, don't know what culture it comes from, but it says it's far better to live just one day as a tiger than a hundred years as a sheep or something. Not that being a sheep would be bad, but it's just that whole yeah. element of like, just choose to live. If you're alive in the moment, it's infinite. That moment is in infinite. As soon as you start going forward and back and what if that happens and no, but that might happen again, you're just, you're not alive. So you may as well live in an infinite life in a moment than trying to just eke your way through avoiding death for a hundred years. It's like, what, what good is that? Yeah, yeah, there's a, one of my favorite quotes from uh, a movie, The Shawshank Redemption is simple, get busy living or get busy dying. Yeah, and, uh, I've, uh, I've done my best to, to follow that and honor that, you know, because uh, I feel you, man. It's, it's amazing the fear that's out there right now. And it's just incredible. Like, like you said, don't go outside. The sun's going to burn you. Don't breathe fresh air. Don't brush up against someone. I mean, like, I, I don't I choose not to believe that human beings are walking carriers of disease ready to infect me at every moment. Like I just don't buy into that paradigm. Uh, also, I don't believe it's based in real science. So. Yeah. Anyway. Well, it's all, 
it's all really based in survival mechanisms that we picked up when we thought safety was our only option as a kid, right? Or as, as a child. And it's kind of, for the majority of us, that's still where we're stuck. It's in this, it's in this fear paradigm. And what we don't realize that now we actually, we can have the choice to, to live and not only live just to be safe within where we're comfortable. Um, and I guess that's, that's what we're witnessing right now, because as everyone goes through this process and steps out of these paradigms and as a result is going to confront authority, what's that going to do in turn is bring up everything from, mm -hmm. from your, from your childhood, right? Those inner childhood traumas. And there's opportunity there as well to, to heal that and to expand upon that and in turn grow. Um, what are your thoughts on that, Tom, in, 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 in general, I guess, in terms of inner child healing and how that correlates to what we're experiencing now? I think it's exactly what the purpose of this is. Because the earthly events, well, the societal events are really mirroring earthly changes. So when the earth changes through its ages and it changes in, just to use a generic term, its frequency, yeah. well, then society reflects that. And we're seeing a lot of unrest and a lot of unsurety and it's not a settled or grounded time in society in general society in general is very disconnected and disconcerted and i feel that that's indicative of a change that's indicative of the earth going through a frequency shift itself and so what will happen is people are invited i guess to match that and if they don't match that they'll feel ungrounded and if they can ground they will match that and they'll feel hey this is actually great this is exciting this is actually moving into a new place. And so that new place obviously is within us. Not, I mean, the trees will look the same, the sky will look the same, the earth will look the same. But again, like I said earlier, these are internal and subtle changes. And when we match those, we'll be in heaven, so to speak. And if we don't match those, we'll be in hell. Yeah. And that's the invitation really. And like I say, I mean, it's just, that's the lesson for people because you have to choose that. There's no such thing as a free ride. So. Some people suggest that when the earth goes through its shift, then magically we end up in the fifth dimension and we're all having popcorn and sucking off unicorns. And it's like, no, we're not. It doesn't happen just by virtue of there being a shift. You have to meet it. You can't, nothing falls in your lap. It's like the opportunity is there, but you've got to reach out to take it, right? It's not, you know, you don't just get stuff for free. I think yeah. we found the title of the episode. It's called Sucking Off Unicorns. <laughs> Mic drop. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's, perf that's perfectly said, man. And the whole idea of the, the free thing is just tied into this, this new cage um, little paradigm that has, I guess, tried to hijack the, what I would call more of organic spiritual growth anyway, right? It's this, it's this idea of magical thinking, which is, you know what I mean? If I just think about good things, I'm going to experience good things. If I, if I drink from this mug today, I'm going to have a good day, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there's, there's, there's work involved in this internal process. Um, and I say this every single episode, but I want to say it again, because it's the fucking truest thing in the world. It's as above, so below, as within, so without. Once you understand that correctly, um, then you have every single key necessary to, to, to go any way you want um, and to understand this reality. Yeah, and to be present and in, enjoy it. Because if you think that it should always be daytime with rainbows out and no one ever says anything, it's like you're going to be depressed for at least half of your life when it's nighttime because you can't change nature. You, yeah. you, it's like that's our nature. Nature is our nature. So if we want it to be something different from what it is, we're going to have a lot of dissonance there and a lot of depression. 
Whereas if we embrace nature, which is our nature and the cycles and the way of things, where things devour to survive and things die in order to create new life. That's nature, yeah. that's life. Yeah. And as, as soon as you try to make it that it should be something different, like we're smarter than God and we decide how things should be, well, then we're going to experience dis-ease as a result. Not only dis-ease as in, I don't feel comfortable here. I don't feel grounded. I hate those people over there. It's their fault that I'm sick. It's their fault there's still a lockdown. That's all blaming others. But at the same time, you will experience disease. The greater, the more rigid the mind, the more rigid the body. And therefore, the more you'll have tumors, cancers, heart conditions, uh, whatever else, you name it, you'll have it. And that's all because of what's going on up here and your connection or lack thereof to your essential self and what put us here in the first place. Well said, Dan. Very well said. And I mean, the, the field Erasmus works in is kind of works on, on the vice versa of what you just said, right? In, um, in sensitizing the body, in breaking down the armoring, in breaking down that rigidity. In turn, we can also become more flexible in our thinking and in, in, our, in our being. Yeah, and that's the nature of things. You watch nature yields very, very nicely. Uh, even big, thick, strong trees will yield to the wind. Uh, hardened rocks will yield to the water. The, everything will, everything's in a nice, malleable harmony in nature. And, and as soon as we can mirror that, then we'll be a lot better off. No matter what's happening outside, by the way, even if there's military in the streets or what have you, we'll be okay if we can take that approach. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's so many things to go along with that. But at the end of the day, there's still, as you said, the responsibility is there. So even though there are shifts occurring, if we don't meet those or we don't choose that for ourselves, then it's, mm -hmm. uh, you know, we'll, if we don't make the decisions for ourselves, essentially, then someone else decides for us. Yeah. And generally, that's not for our best interest, it's for theirs. Where is that fine line between, like you said earlier, like be creative. So I'm going to sit home and I'm just going to play the guitar. I'm going to draw something or figure out how I want my life to be versus, oh, there's shit going down. Like, what can I do? What can I do about it uh, from a place of, like a more harmonious, grounded place? Uh, example, learning the law, you know, you, learning the law and using it to your advantage when you walk into a store uh, without wearing a mask or I don't know what the fallout was but if you saw what happened in Alberta there was that gentleman who subpoenaed the the health minister there to ask for proof of isolation of the virus and they're like well we don't have it and that ended up um, I think taking away a lot of the restrictions I don't I'm not sure if they they fought against that but what are your thoughts on that like what can each person do I think I read somewhere that you are familiar with the law, whether I'm wondering if it's more like constitutional law or natural law. Can you talk about that a little bit? The creative aspect should just be whatever your heart calls for. And that's, that's a double-edged sword too, because that's then somebody might say, that's an excuse to be, to withdraw and go, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to make finger paintings for the rest of my life and lock myself in a room. And in your heart of hearts, though, do you really think that's going to make a difference? Because a lot of people do lie to themselves constantly. Like I know a lot of people say they want to avoid doing something that will test them or challenge them or provide true value in case somebody thinks it's not, you know, and then they'll say, well, my value was just, you know, sitting here putting out good thoughts. And I'm like, yeah, well, I don't know about that. You know, <laughs> I think that's lying to yourself. So there is a fine line, you know, for me, I'd, I'd love to just sit around playing guitar all day. But at the same time, in my heart of hearts, I would get to a stage where I feel, you know what, I'm actually not being of service here. This is just all about me. 
-hmm. And to a degree, that's okay. Because if we go all to service and none about us, well, it's that old expression of you got to put the air mask on yourself first before you put it on your kids. If you're in a plane, you know, you do have to fill your own cup before you can be of service to others. So there's always, everything's always about a balance. That's why I got really sick in my early twenties. I was way out of balance. And then as soon as you come back into balance more, then things start to work more harmoniously. So it is about being creative in a somewhat selfish sense, if that's going to fill your cup. But then after that, it's how can you be of service with creativity? And I've used this analogy with artists before who have felt, you know, I don't feel valued. And I feel like, oh, am I really, am I wasting, I'm spending, you know, 10 hours a day working on this painting. I haven't even been outside. And, and they feel like they are not worth anything now because they're not, you know, all my mates going to work every day doing 10 hours at, you know, as a chef, you know, that, and they get this skewed sense of value. And the way I've seen that is, you could go to work every day as a carpenter, for example, you could build several houses over the year and then you could be a pianist and you just literally practice, you know, 10 hours a day and you never actually give any service for the whole year, right? Nobody ever hears your music. You're not out doing anything in the world, like, you know, hands on deck, so to speak. But then at the end of the year, on the last day of the year, you go out and you perform and you reach millions of people with that performance. You touch them right in their heart and, and they, their life is changed immeasurably, immeasurably because of that. So sometimes what we do every single day is not necessarily what is seen, but the value is still there. So do you know what I mean? Like, if, yeah. is it more valuable to go to work every day to build houses and they've built, say, seven houses at the end of the year and you're seen every day putting in work but what about those people that put in work every day and nobody ever sees it, but then it comes out at the right moment. And instead of helping seven families, they've touched 7 million families right to the core of their being and they've changed their life for the rest of their life. They've made a shift. So where is the value? What's worth more than something else? I don't think anybody can really answer that. Yeah. Only the individual can. Yeah, exactly. Only the individual can, can say, you know what? I was of service. And yeah, I, I was just about to say that exact thing around the individual because, um, fuck, I was just going to go go there or something and I just lost my train of thought. Ah, I forgot. Well, it's about creativity initially you were asking. So the line is, the line to me is how are we creative in creating something new? Not necessarily how many paintings are we going to do today and then stick them on the fridge and then burn them on the fire. Yeah, what I was going to say too is that the proof's in the pudding. It's reality is going to tell you when you look in the mirror and go, Oh, I'm feeling content. I'm feeling like satisfied. I'm feeling fulfilled. I don't have that inner angst, that emptiness that I'm reaching for something to fill it up with, whether it's porn, whether it's shopping, whether it's this, whether it's that, you know? So I think like whether or not a person's working 50 hours a week or in training every day and then doing one performance at the end of the day, each individual based on their life experience, based on their soul contract, based on everything else is going to determine whether or not they feel like, oh, I'm on the right path. I'm doing the right thing. And I think reality will show, will mirror back to you, like whether or not exactly. the choices and decisions you've made um, are guiding you on the right path or on an aligned path. Um, totally. Because there's an old expression that the body doesn't lie. Because mm -hmm. I've been around, especially in the area that I live, I've been around a lot of people who think that what they are doing is of service, but what they're actually doing is avoidance. And in their avoidance, they're convincing themselves that what they are doing is of creative purpose, it's of high value, but then they experience something that is not necessarily favorable. 
right? Because they're actually lying to themselves, which means they're lying to the higher self. And then that doesn't, that doesn't register <laughs> to the higher self or to God or however you want to see that. And so something comes up. They either start losing friends or they start losing opportunities or they start developing physical ailments. Mm-hmm. And to the degree to which they continue to convince themselves that they're doing something right, that's the degree to which they will still continue to experience disease, as I mentioned earlier. The degree to which we are actually of service, we will, we will experience true fulfillment. And we'll know, you know what that feels like. You can't lie about yourself with that. You can convince yourself and force things to feel a certain way for even several years. But after that, it won't last. So there's power versus force there at play. Yeah, I agree. There's so much rationalization that can occur, but at the end of the day, you know what's going on. Oh, why? I just had a, an anxiety attack or, you know, like I've gained weight and I feel like shit or I don't know, I'm having this weird growth underneath my elbow. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be something that's going to come up that's going to show you like, mm, you might need to make some adjustments in your life and your thinking and your way of being. Totally. Yeah, and, and whether or not and whether or not the individual answers that call that's a whole nother conversation well that's and that's that's to me where the real shadow work journey begins right it's in acknowledging that you are lying to yourself and it's in being able to become vulnerable to yourself and realize fuck man i've, I've made some bad choices i've fucked up i haven't been viewing reality as grounded or as realistic as i should be and that's, it's a real sobering experience um that, that 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 process and to me that that's that that's what shadow work is and was for my transition from because i feel like i was i was there in that place where i thought i was of service and i thought i was you mean know, doing all the right things etc 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 but there's this skewed filter and this this unbalanced ground that i was standing on where i didn't really have self-knowledge in that process until i began to notice all the little burning bushes in my life um and that were that were caving me in and it's like, all right, fuck, I've got to start somewhere putting these things out. And it wasn't, it wasn't by externalizing. It wasn't by going to the actual physical fires and trying to put them out. It was always in, in, in a relative internal fire in me that I had to deal with. Um, and slowly, slowly, you can regain that balance. And then actually, from that point, start thriving. Yeah, and that, that's the indication is when things really start working, that you're in flow, things click into gear, you're not forcing anything anymore. You're tapped into a power that's just there as part of a universal life force and you're tapped into that. Yeah. A lot of people tap into adrenaline, which is they're mm-hmm. forcing stuff. They get really high on the fact that they're pumping out multi-level marketing and I've got heaps of followers and I'm making heaps of money and they're just riding on adrenaline. They're not riding yeah. on innate power and it yeah. falls apart at some point. And so uh, it, I should actually also add that it will always change. So I'm the same as you, Joel. Like I feel like I got into a place of moving out of lying to myself and being into service, but that's yeah. going to change. And I'm well aware of that. I don't yeah. think that what I'm doing now is the truth per se. I feel that it's part of my evolution and my journey, but it will change. So what I'm doing now won't represent, there's an element that I know I must be lying to myself on some level right now. Yeah. And just knowing that means that I will be open to and looking for change where it's appropriate and when I will grow and when I'll grow, I'll recognize it. Yeah. And I won't fight it or pretend, you know? Yeah. No, I love it, bro. And this is the thing is like, we, we're a verb, right? Spirit is a continually unfolding process. It's never stagnant. It's not a noun. It's not a straight thing. This, this entire experience is a constant unfoldment. Um, so yeah, bro, I can, I can relate absolutely. And sometimes I still fool myself. Sometimes I'm like, oh yeah, fuck, I'm killing this shit. 
You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. Yeah. But, but yeah, the dude. key is the awareness. You know, you, you yeah. check yourself. You know, part of shadow work is really a radical self honesty and like allowing yeah. those cracks to open and for like things to come through and to go, oh, shit, I just said that thing. Like, yeah. And not that there's anything like, wrong with not... feeling fulfilled and empowered and fired up and inspired. You know what I mean? But it's, yeah, just having that as long as your perspective is clear, I guess. Yeah. And it's a balance too, you know, you, you brought up the balance and the harmony, like yeah. we contain multitudes, you know, like the human psyche, isn't this mm. like, it's, it's this thing that's flowing and we're, we're moving in these pairs of opposites within ourselves, and we over identify with one way of being, and then we lose the wisdom and the gifts of the opposite. And, and then we go, oh, okay, let me reclaim some of that and bring it back into my life. Maybe it'll help me in this situation. And it's this dance. It's this constant dance. And I think that's part of what the growth is, is allowing space for you to hold those different elements of who you are and to go in and dive into the dark, the darkness per se. Cause we sit here and say like, Oh, okay. Look, all those evil people are out there and they're doing all those things. Like we're capable of doing fucked up things, you know, like I've had really fucked up thoughts. I've done things. Now I may not have like, you know, cons conspired to get seven people, 7 billion people injected with a certain substance but you know there are things that i've done and said and it's like oh man like we have that capacity within us yeah we all do and the degree to which we will deny that is the degree to which that evil will still exist i i believe i'm mm -hmm. the same and i mean i've said it on a live stream which i make a point of saying this is not incriminating because i've said you know why don't why doesn't someone just pop old mate between the eyes who's running the country and you know why mm -hmm. wouldn't you just drag people off those horses you know, get off your high horse in Melbourne, the people that are, are brutalizing people, pull them off the horse and slam their head into the cement and knock some sense into them. You know, that's what, anyone that denies that that's part of their thought process is, I believe, not true to themselves. Yeah, that's, and, but yeah. this is the thing is that that's the design. They're doing that because it elicits, they know that it elicits that thought process in us. So what I do, and I'm not saying what's right or wrong, I'm just saying for me, what I do is I recognize that I have those thoughts. And then I go, is that really going to be the answer? Is dragging someone off their horse and elbowing them in the head and splattering their brains all over the footpath, is that really going to help anything or change anything? Does that serve me? Does that serve the world? And my heart of hearts knows that it doesn't. So then I go, so what part of me actually desires to do that? And then it's my job to move beyond that into what is the real change? What is the frequency? Because if I'm operating on that frequency, then they've, I've been led into their trap. They put that out there so that they get a reaction from us because that part that we hate is actually us. Mm -hmm. We point fingers at others, but we're really pointing these fingers back at us, yeah. you know? So then, oh, Bill Gates, he's an asshole. And that guy over there, he's a wanker. And that guy should be shot in the head. And it's, we have those thoughts, but those are just there. That's part of that energy. They represent that energy. And then it's just reflected in us or by us. So then we go, or I, to me, I go, okay, well, right. Where do I feel that? Where in my body do I feel that? And I explore it. And I say, well, where's that coming from? What part of me is that, that I don't like? Where do I exhibit those traits towards myself or towards others or towards nature? And I'll find something if I ask. But I'm not afraid to find that. I'm not afraid to admit in myself that this part over here, that's Bill Gates, that rib right there. And, mm -hmm. you know, this nipple here, that represents old love who's trying to destroy New Zealand. And, you know, it's just, it's all part of all of us. And when we can look at that sort of stuff and then not desire to shoot him in the head, then we know we've reached a place where mm -hmm. 
we've moved beyond that frequency and that is the creating of the new that's where babylon falls because it's that part of us that represents all of that hatred and vileness and killing off people and then we're in a, a new world and for a lot of us we've still got a while to go and I, I i'm on that path but i'm not i haven't got to the end of that path yeah same here. Course, man well same i mean and, sorry go i was just gonna say that doing the work is part of it and not bypassing it like noticing and being aware that we have these parts as opposed to just being like i would never do such a thing i would never even have those thoughts i'm such a good person you know and it's like that's not that's bypassing that's cutting off from doing the real work and getting to know these parts of us you know i, I think yeah. my third rib is bill gates too dude and i don't know which one it is it <laughs> might be the float might be the floating rib it's bill gates it's a thing it's a thing <laughs> I actually think it's more dangerous. I think people that think that that's not there are more dangerous because that's just a massive shadow then. Like, what is that going to, how, how big is that going to explode when it finally gets exposed? At least people like us think about it. Like mm -hmm. I've always said, I find people who are into heavy metal music, the most, they're the ones I can trust the most because yeah, they've got anger, but it's not hidden. Mm -hmm. And they're generally very calm and very nice people. And uh, yeah, very respectful as well. And so I always find that it's that weird thing where anyone who's acts very enlightened and very spiritual, I'm like, mm, I'll probably steer clear of them. That's, that's a, that's a postal event waiting to happen, I reckon. Yeah. Yep. And then, and then likewise, you know, people who are at least open about their dark side, I'm like, great. I know where I, I know exactly where I stand with you. And that's, that to me is safety right there. Knowing somebody's dark side and knowing your own dark side. Course, and so for me, that's why this whole thing is a gift because would we know that? Would we get to know where those things are if we're just sitting on the beach slamming tequilas and just banging, you know, hookers? Like if you're just completely, uh, you know, distracted from yourself and there's nothing to mirror what's in there, how do you ever know? Yeah, what will it. you just need to repeat and repeat and repeat until you get to grow? Because I don't think you get to grow just sitting on a beach go surfing, go for a nap, have a feed, go surf, go for a feed, have a nap, go surf, oh, make love to her, have a nap. You know, that doesn't necessarily, to me, I'm not saying that's a wrong way to live by any means. I mean, I'd love to be doing that right now, but it also wouldn't be going, hey, I do have that here. And that is in this part of me. And then, as I said, that inner part, which is where we grow through, that leads us to uh, not having to experience what people are so afraid of experiencing. Yeah, it's a numbing. Um, so you into heavy metal music, bro? You just froze. He's a bit frozen. Yeah, you just yeah. froze. There you go. That's all right. <laughs> My question was, are you into heavy metal music? Yeah, yeah. Well, I grew up on that. I didn't grow up when I was a kid, but I've always loved guitar and drums and stuff. And then when I was a teenager, especially, brought into... Um, Actually, even before then. Yeah, I started getting to heavy music when I was around nine or 10. And then as a teenager, I was right into metal. And then I still listen to it now, but my tastes are very broad, which is good because that's also an indication that I've got a lot more balance inside of me. But yeah. I still listen to Tool and uh, bands like that where it's not necessarily, I don't, actually, you know what? This is a great question because what I've been doing recently is noticing what I'm actually perpetuating. And there's certain tool songs that I won't, if I'm going to sing along to them in the car, I'll change the lyrics because I don't need to embody that angst or that anger because some of the songs are quite negative. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And then other songs are very positive. And same with other metal. Like I've had Metallica on the other day while I was cleaning the house and then Orion comes on and I'm just like, oh, I love Orion. And I'm just like air guitaring. And then another song comes on, I think it was one. And I was like, you know what? The lyrics in this song are actually quite down in the frequency. So I'm actually going to skip that one despite the despite used to that being one of my favorite songs. Or if I'm in the car and something comes on, I'll actually change the lyrics and I'll be singing something very positive over uh, you know, the, the yep. heavy riffs because the riffs and the beats themselves are powerful. They're like, they embody uh, a primal energy that is very strong, very positive. But if we then lace it with negativity in the lyrics, then just personally, I'm steering clear of that uh, in my old age. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm the same way. I, uh, there's some songs that I love from my, from my teens or in my, you know, I grew up in the eighties and nineties and some hip hop that I used to love. And then like, I'll put it on now and I hear the lyrics and it's just like, I can't, (laughs) I can't like align with this. Yeah. You know, it's like this weird inner, like, but the nostalgia and the memories and the beat and everything. And, but then it's like highly disrespectful or just not the kind, you know, not in alignment with who I want to be as a man. So I find that interesting. I might need to learn how to, I might have to take some notes from you, uh, Joel, and create some new lyrics over the over the beats you know i hear you bro man i was i was bro, i got tupac i got tupac quotes tattooed on my arm man you know what i mean like this is some instant that's what i grew up well, on but that, that was my anger as well it was the angry hip-hop you know what i mean it's like fuck the police fuck the world fuck it all you may never get the fuck away from me that's why i fucked your bitch you fat motherfucker like how many times have we all heard that shit <laughs> I mean, just like like doggy style Snoop Dogg, man, or some Dr. Dre shit. It's just like, yeah, bro. Oh, oh man. Yeah, yeah but the beats catchy, it's the right? Beats, oh, bro. Yeah. It's the, the beats, man. It's the beats. Of course, it's the beats, yeah. dude. I love yeah. it. It's catchy because, it, like, I'll still have it come on, like Dre, like 2001 will come yeah. on. Oh yeah. Just, oh, I love it. And then as soon as the lyrics come on, and it's just, I'm just like, oh, I can't keep repeating that. Yeah. I don't even want to hear it. And I'll switch it off after I've heard the opening beat and the opening phrase. I'm like, I'm like, oh, it's a sick. And as soon as he's like, oh, yeah, and I'll skip now because he's just starting to yeah. go into a place that I don't embody anymore. And, and But it served its purpose, you know? And this is that element, which I think this is a great topic because having a certain shell around us, we grow that as a protection mechanism. As you know, when we're a kid, certain things happen, certain traumas occur. So we develop a shell and that's protective and it serves us for a time. But then that element of us that's still four years old or six or 12 or whatever, that doesn't necessarily serve us as a 40 year old man. We should be embodying something different, but there's Mm -hmm. still parts of us that if we don't let go of, they're still five years old in us. And so that shell because that's five, that's a five-year-old inside of that, we have to care for it. We can't just go, pardon up, you won't go, just come on. You know, yeah. that doesn't work for a five-year-old. So we've got to give some love and attention and, and allow an allowance for yeah. that to actually grow into becoming a man. And some of those lyrics that we used to just love pumping out and singing along to and embodying and tattooing on us, that served us, but does it serve us now? We have to allow ourselves the ability to grow beyond that. And if we have done we can at least have gratitude for it because, hey, it served us. Maybe that saved our life at some point, you know? Yeah. We don't know that yeah. it didn't. And so yeah. I'm always grateful for, you know, even though Tupac and, you know, Dre and Snoop and those guys had some pretty awful lyrics now when we look back on it, but, hey, they might have saved us at the time. So I'm grateful for what they put out for the creativity that they embodied at that time. Maybe they don't embody that anymore. Who knows? Maybe yeah. they still do, but... 
at the same time that served us at the time and now we don't need it. But then that's why I also don't judge teenagers, for example, that are doing the same thing because we grow beyond it and then we go, oh, that's wrong, by the way, you shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> but is it really wrong for them? I'm not so sure. I think it serves its purpose. Man, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a hip hop artist, bro. So I look at the kids now, I'm like, the fuck are you listening to, bro? <laughs> <laughs> I can't help it, bro. I'm like, what's this shit, dude? I'm like, I'm one of those You're like old the old man. I'm the old man. Like, that's not music. What are you yeah. listening to? That's not music. <laughs> But objectively got, um, speaking though the music has shifted a little bit but i guess every generation <laughs> says that about every previous generation you know yeah anyway i've got the message loud and clear i'm making a gang to the hip-hop album with an esoteric message <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have to yeah make why sure. not it actually yeah. fits it's funny yeah. the way i've been singing along to music in the car i've just gone you know what this actually fits i love it to the point where i've actually thought i don't have the time to do it but i've thought of going through some of my favorite songs and then thinking about what the song actually embodies and rewriting the lyrics using yeah. some of the similar phrasing that they've used, but rewriting the actual words and seeing if that could create a really positive spin on, you know, would that accomplish something different for other people? I don't know. Yeah. It could do. No, absolutely, man. There's, um, there's a guy in Sydney named Mark Mack, who is the DJ for of the freedom rallies is he's a friend of mine and he, he, that's what he does. He parodies all the songs, right? So for example, he's got Pink Floyd and the opening line is, we don't need no vaccination. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's a crack of that guy. Nice, man. Um, what do you got, Erasmus? I'm just thinking of all these different old school hip hop songs that I can yeah. recreate, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so tell it us. It might be a new industry. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you so. guys already know as well that some of those guys wrote because of their life story, they wrote from their traumas. But a lot of it's also controlled, you know that, right? Because yeah. as an artist, you see some people and you go, yeah, they're good. But man, I know a guy just down the street who raps way better than that. Like, why isn't he famous? Yeah, so we already know that they pick and choose their, like this guy or this girl will represent this and can market that. We can put our message through them because it's not always talent. Mm -hmm. So you can't get to that without signing away some of your soul. And a lot of the lyrics in uh, a lot of rap and hip hop are designed to trigger the traumas in youth so that they will end up in prison. Because in the States, at least, prisons are privatized and every person that gets incarcerated makes money for that system. So that's not really a secret either, that that's, yeah. that's meant to mind control people into thinking that that's the way, oh, my angst and yeah, fuck the system and fuck the police. Like, that's who I am. That's what I embody. But that's not you. That's not who that person is. That's the mind control to lead them into what somebody else wants, which is perpetuating the negativity, which is food for them, and also the money. That puts money into the prison system. That puts money into the governmental system that can continue to peddle pharmaceutical psychology drugs, uh, psychiatry drugs, mm -hmm. and antidepressants. And uh, you know that's why they still allow drugs and alcohol on the streets, because it ruins lives but that feeds their system. They don't really care that it ruins their life, yeah. but then the individual doesn't realize that it's not their calling. That's not their higher self calling for them to get into drugs like that. That's them being led into somebody else's narrative. And so that's why I'm also very careful with, you know, as you get older, you didn't know that when you were 18, you just loved the music, but later you just go, even some of these bands that I loved, I'm just like, I don't know, like yeah. Foo Fighters. Yeah, like bro. I cannot play Foo Fighters riffs on the guitar anymore. 
I'd kill myself before I did that. Because Foo Fighters come out and say, we're only we're running vaccination-only uh, concerts and trying to promote that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't literally kill myself before I played a Foo Fighters riff, but I used to like playing certain riffs on the guitar. I'm just like, you know what, that's not, I'm not going to embody that <laughs> energy anymore. Yeah, bro. I mean, Eminem's last two albums, like how to was was it how to how to how to kill someone or how to how to make a murder, like Volume One and Part Two. I mean, he's got like three or four albums dedicated to the recreational use of pharmaceutical drugs. Like, it's pretty obvious. Um, but like on some level, when we were talking about, um, you mean Bill Gates and the, the the negativity or you mean the so-called evil outside of us, on some level, everything is a projection of the internal right um mm-hmm. so it's almost like this this existence or this reality is is presenting itself because of what the collective needs to go through do you think on some level this is a collective dark night of the soul or a, or a collective shadow phase yeah absolutely because it's always just an offer at the same time as well so it's out there but absolutely it is part of us as well we all collectively create one way or another so mm. m&m yeah for sure that's part of part of it that's part of the uh, narrative that needs to also we need to move through that so as we were talking about before we can't pretend there's no dark side and just go immediately to the light side as if light is better than dark in the first place we have to go through that and people like paul check who i learned a lot from they'll say it they'll articulate it in the way that god is all the experiences so god is all knowing but for all knowing to become wisdom, it has to have the experience. So then God needs to create the experience of being Eminem and having a million kids uh, be exposed to, uh, you know, lyrics like that and to go through that experience of creating that because the book of Isaiah also says, I create the light and the dark. I create good and evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. So the light and the dark are just all just two, uh, two wings of the same bird, so to speak, or two sides of the same coin. It's all part of the same experience. And if we try to avoid that or we persecute the dark without realizing that it has value in itself, then, hey, that's just, that's missing the point. And then it will continue. If Eminem doesn't have his run and that we don't embody and experience the Eminem energy to the point where it's been necessary, well, it will continue to happen. And there'll be a new Eminem part two and then there'll be mini me Eminem and something that'll come out to continue that until people have actually gone through that experience. And so us three here, we've obviously partly been through that experience and it doesn't serve us anymore, but it doesn't make it bad. So Mm. until enough people have had the M&M experience, so to speak, there will still be an M&M. When that's not necessary anymore, we won't be co-creating it. All of us, us three included. And same with the, you know, whoever is the most spiritual individual on earth. They're still co-creating M&M and all the gangster rap and... Yeah. all the bill gates and all that kind of stuff yeah i'm curious how we quantify who's the most spiritual person who is the most spiritual person on this planet <laughs> and like like is it the person who's just like saying fuck every other word you know but or is it someone who's just like you know living on a mountaintop and like you know that's just interesting because i feel like people who are doing that where they're just like meditating all day a lot of times they're using meditation to dis to to bypass to dis- disconnect from certain yeah. realities you know, whereas someone who's just being fucking real, you know, they could be one of the most connected, self-knowing individuals on the planet. So I think like what people think of as spiritual 
whatever that avatar is, whatever that image isn't what it really is. But we've been sold a bill of goods. We've been sold a bill of goods. (laughs) You know? (laughs) I don't know. That's just like thoughts on that. Totally. I think it's a paradox. I think it's always been a paradox because that's the thing. The one in white robes and and omming his way through life and avoiding avoiding everything, that's not the path to me. The guy who is doing his absolute best, but not hiding the dark side and not not avoiding those experiences, to me, that is the more spiritual experience. I think it's a paradox or an inversion. Yeah. I had a teacher once, you know, I was at a workshop. He's a a psychologist and we talk about this idea of enlightenment and, you know, what is enlightenment? Everyone throws that term around. And he mentioned that like, it's the ability to navigate between opposites. And so I think people who are able to, to have their feet on both sides or like ride both wings of that bird, you know, to, to, to be able to flap both wings, I guess, like that to me is someone who is more, more spiritual per se you know they are more expanded in their consciousness they have more uh, ways of being at their disposal to to interact in different situations and to be to to respond more appropriately in different situations because they have more access to the the universe that lives within themselves yeah and so that's always been my thing is like you know like i think the people who sound spiritual i run away from yeah you know there's that affectation of the voice and it's just like i'm everybody I just want you all to know that this is like, the, I'm not angry right now, but I am angry. I'm really oh, angry it's right the now. the most passive aggressive anger ever when people who speak like that. You know, it's like, this is saying, they sound the same no matter what's happening. And it's just like, no, I want some realness. Like, fuck up your words. Say fuck shit. Like, this is why I also like in this conversation, because I think we're three pretty deep dudes, you know, who care about health and well-being and exploration of consciousness. And yet there's also like, you know, we're, we're talking about sucking off unicorns and shit. So. <laughs> and you know, it's, you know, the funny thing about the inversion side is that what they put in movies, we're led to think is make-believe. But to me, the more I've learned about things is that they're showing reality. They're showing the power that we really have. They're showing that we can move through wormholes to get to other places or use telekinesis or telepath or uh, teleport or anything like that. But also I think what they do is they show us what the reality of exactly what you were just saying is to the point where if somebody's some spiritual guru leader, I'm almost sure they're a pedo. I'm yeah. almost sure that they're running child racketeering, trafficking rings and stuff, you know, and it's shown, it's shown in real life that that is the case. Yeah. And even people like that hugging saint lady, uh, Amma, she's telling people to get vaccinated. Um, Sad the guru, Dalai Lama, the Dalai Lama got vaccinated. Yeah, and then Saad Guru, who everybody, well, not everyone, but a lot of people in the spiritual world look up to, they oh, you got to watch his videos. He's just, oh, yeah. he's the best. And he's telling people to get vaccinated. And the first video I ever saw, because I'm always open, I go, yeah, sure. Yeah, maybe he's great. And I'm like, why is he dressed like that? Why does he have an entourage? Why is this happening? Why does he speak in this tone? And then it turns out he's asking people to get vaccinated. And I'm just like, I just, he's hugging you know, he's yeah. hugging actual pedos and I'm just going, yeah. yeah. You got um, just Esther, a- you got Esther Hicks channeling Abraham, telling her audience to get vaccinated. <laughs> Suck. Yeah. These people, are, in my opinion, and I'm not telling, I'm not saying yeah. I know the truth of it, but in yeah. my opinion, I've always thought from the outset that these people are the uh, controlled opposition. They've yeah. taken the lost and vulnerable to lead them away from a mainstream path and down a so-called spiritual path, which has been a path to hell itself it's, and it's just i think it's just always been the way but at the same time that's okay because that's some people's paths yeah. so if that's their path they'll learn from that they'll have that experience and that's the beauty of it is that we have free will and free choice 
we can choose to follow a sad guru or our mother Teresa or anybody else. We can choose. Yeah. Nobody's making us. We have that choice. Yeah. Now there's there's no doubt the the demiurge um, plays both sides for sure. Um, just on enlightenment in the mystery school tradition, enlightenment it's not actually luminescence, but it's it's a lightness of being, right? It's a it's a it's a sense it's a sensitizing, it's a dearmoring, it's a breaking down, it's a, it's it's literally the full card of the tarot. It's it's lightness to your being. It's a willingness to explore life and adventure and feel the different nuances of of experience. Um, but we we were raised to be, I guess, so traumatized and armored and closed off and rigid and blocked to, and blocked to reality. Um, that you mean the the real shadow work is about becoming light again, becoming light to life. Um, just thought I'd throw that in there in terms of enlightenment. Sure, and I don't think you can get there without going through that yeah. that shadow path. I don't. Think, I mean, you can avoid it and just go straight. But these to are. Level 10. And but they, these are organic rites of passages, which we all experience. But nowadays, it seems as though it's able to, they're able to be bypassed. They're able to be put off for even longer so that when we do experience these rites of passages or these underworld journeys, they're like so much more tumultuous than what they need to be because we live in a malignant culture that's enabled us to avoid them in such a, such a profound way. Well, even just in terms of being a man, you know, like we think back into the past, like, what young men or young boys had to go through in order to like have that rite of passage into becoming a man. And we don't have that in today's yeah. day and age, not to mention any other agendas that are out there to, to overly feminize the masculine or to destroy the masculine, whether you want to talk about chemicals in the food, whether you want to talk about wars, whether you want to talk about pornography. I mean, there's always things that you can talk about, but you know, back in the days you're 13, all right, you're going to go into the woods and there's going to be lions and tigers and bears out there. You're going to come back alive or you're not figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like we don't, we don't, we don't, we don't really have that unless Which people are playing kid. sports or athletics or, you know, martial arts, or they find the right mentor in their life. Totally. And it's all about convenience too, with that's one of the main problems in this day and age. It's one of the biggest barriers to actual enlightenment is the fact that it's too easy. You can just put on a podcast. I mean, I've got friends that listen to certain people who just say things like, because you're paying to listen to my live streams, uh, the work's already done. We're already moving through the frequencies. You don't have to do anything. And it's like, oh, come on. <laughs> it's like, how is that? How is that? Like that's leading people down a, um, but that's also their experience. Yeah. It's actually, you know, there's that old expression that uh, always are way or all paths or roads lead to Damascus. It's pretty much you want to smash bottles after bottle of vodka? Good. If you want to follow a fake guru, good. If you want to um, meditate, good. Or if you want life easy, good. It all leads to the same place eventually. But the, the difficulty, if it's harder now, that's an old expression as well, hard now, easy later. The degree to which you put things off is the degree to which you will have to uh, overcome something, massive hurdle at the end, so to speak. Not that there is an end, mm. but... yeah. And same with the general culture of food or needing to look after yourself or to be able to reach enlightenment not even enlightenment as per se in a spiritual sense but just to know yourself you can't yeah. know yourself if you've never been tested and that's mm -hmm. why i feel the world is going through this now because this is a test and it's been too easy for too long hence the test has to be a, a bigger obstacle 
than it needs to be. If everyone was actually just doing some work on the daily, then they wouldn't have a whole big pile of trash to take out because they've been avoiding doing it because someone else will do it for us. Yeah. And the other element of that is the biohacking world. That's really big at the moment as well. To me, biohacking is another thing. Like how can you, how can you improve on the perfection of nature and just biohack your way to either immortality or super health or whatever. It's always, if you're avoiding something real work, you're going to have to overcome something big later. Just how nature works. I just want to take a moment to um, say thank you to all our guests that you don't need to do any work to figure out the truth. All you have to do is listen to this podcast <laughs> and you will know the truth. <laughs> just by listening to our voices. Just by you got to say it like that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you are here for the truth. You will have the truth. I shall bestow upon you the truth. You no longer need to do any work. Thank you. So go. it is, bro. So uh, it's so true man it's yeah it's absolutely yeah i've got, I got nothing to add to that um no <laughs> well it's good i mean it's see, it's good for it's good we can have a laugh about it because part of life for a lot of people is taking it too seriously they don't get to yeah. laugh at stuff or themselves yeah. and a part of what we're laughing at is ourselves i mean i've been guilty of some of this stuff that i'm laughing at now in the past yeah. and it's why i don't laugh directly at people like i'll never go oh you listen to them oh, you idiots i'll never do that because it's part of their journey and it's not you know and also what will happen by doing that is you may delay you may actually do a disservice same as trying to like snap someone out or wake them up before it's their time. Because if you start going to somebody who's never heard of anything, you go, you know, the world's not really round. You know that you can't catch viruses. You know, that person over there and that person over there, they're not leaders, they're pedos. Did you know that this, did you know that? And their mind's just going to go, but not in a good way. They'll recoil so heavily that the when that would have organically become a realization, they'll actually see it as not, that's not right. And you might, might put them back 10 or 20 years from finding that truth on their own if you try to force it onto them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like they might come across that stuff organically in the right time. But if we, we can mess that up for people by putting them down, laughing at them, trying to drop truth on them that they're not ready for. Yeah. And so there's that element of when you do know more than some others, there's that element of responsibility that comes with that where knowing when it's the right time to, or when somebody's ready to go from a child to a man or a woman. I mean, you trying yeah. to force me to become a flat earther right now? Yeah, totally. <laughs> I don't even know that it's flat, so to speak. I just know that NASA is one big bucket of lies after another. Of course. And that, yeah, so yeah, no, I, I, really. yeah, I can't claim to know what we're on, but I know it's not that. I know it's not NASA's model. So it's something, it's something other than that. Yeah. <laughs> And whatever fucking shape it is, we still have to do the work and do the shadow work that we're talking about here, you know? Totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there was something else I wanted to say. Oh, I wanted to comment on what you said too about like people have been putting off doing the work for so long and then all of a sudden mm. 2020 happens and it's like fucking pandemonium. Like I've said this before, like 2020, 2021 are like two of the best years of my life. They were like yeah, really same. awesome years. And I think part of that is because of the little by little journey and doing the work. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not, I'm far from it. And I got my own issues to deal with, but I've spent a lot of time on this path, like self-exploration and things have just aligned in a way where, you know, it's just been a little 
smoother. You know, there's been issues, of mm. course, but it's just, I mean, we're doing this podcast, which has been an increasing, amazing opportunity. And we're having conversations. I get to connect with someone like you because of this. And yeah. I don't know, I just feel so grateful and blessed. Yeah, well, I mean, is, is 2020 and 2021 a, a symptom, like we've been saying, of of the collective work that had to be done, right? And I mean, I don't I don't fully subscribe to, you know what I mean, QAnon or whatnot, but one thing that I do agree with is that you can't tell people, you have to show them, right? So, and people do need to be waken out of this, this slumber and it was always going to take something huge, such as what we're experiencing to get that, get the little, the, the, the soil to start moving, you know? Yeah. I'm excited. Absolutely. I'm excited for the next like couple of years. Like, I mean, it's, it's a pretty awesome time that we decided to incarnate our souls at this time to experience this. Um, yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And we're all part of the, that's what this place is for as far as I can tell. I don't know for sure, but it seems like, you know, we're all still on this same journey as everyone else. Cause if not, I don't think we'd be here. I think you might get to a stage where you become ascended and then you would essentially be here to teach others. But then <laughs> but I've seen people who go, oh, yeah, no, I, I was enlightened lifetimes ago. I'm only here to teach you now. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, you're eating Doritos out of a three-day-old <laughs> packet. You're, you're out of shape beyond belief. And you're just like, what's your, your picture does not, you know, I think you've just convinced yourself that you're something that you're not in order to avoid your actual pain and trauma. And you'll continue to <laughs> experience that until you deal with it. But yeah, there's, yeah. um, exactly. I think if that was actually the case, they'd probably be someone who would not look like it. They'd be someone who would be, I don't know, homeless or I remember watching that Osho. Was it Osho? Uh, yeah. the thing it was called, um, I think it was the story of Osho as a kid. And he came across a guy who was a, this might just be a parable, who knows, but he came across a guy who was like crazy, shaking a, a, a cup thing under a tree. And uh, Osho kept going back to him. And then he said, you're the only one that recognized in me what you've come to learn from. Everyone else thought I was a crazy man. And then he became Osho's spiritual master or teacher to the point where he wasn't needed anymore, which is what a real teacher is for. And then I'm not sure if that was the real story of his life or a parable, but either way, that's how I would see it looking. It would be mm -hmm. something you would have to recognize. I think truth is recognized uh, inside the individual rather than it being a overt thing with a sign on it that just goes right here. <laughs> yeah. I also think based on what you were saying before about the guy eating Doritos, I think a person who is enlightened isn't going to go around telling people that they're enlightened. Hmm. you know what i mean exactly. like you're exactly. not like hi i'm ascended hi i'm a, i'm an ascended being like just be ascended or whatever the fuck that is like you gotta tell everybody that like i don't think the person who's the thing is going to be talking about how they're the thing that's right yeah, yeah. it speaks for itself true it, yeah. true true power it has no it has, doesn't have words it just speaks for itself it's recognized by those who are ready to recognize mm -hmm. it and those who aren't like somebody I think that's the parable of the story of Jesus too, because despite being the son of God and despite being uh, technically better than other people or being able to speak the truth, some people heard it and wanted it and other people hated him and wanted to nail him to a cross. So whether that really happened or that's a parable is irrelevant. It's the story is what we recognize is how the world will always operate. And while we may be bringing elements of truth on this podcast today, for others, we're just idiots 
or yeah. we're off the deep end. And that's okay because the truth can only fall on the ears of those who are ready to hear it if it is indeed truth at all. And so all we do is we do our best to embody what we believe is right. And I think as long as we're not harming others in the process, then that's okay. But if you believe it's th that truth is putting arsenic in water supplies because those people over there, they're not as good as us and they should be gone. Well, I'm not sure that that really is truth because you're actually causing harm and loss as a result of your belief system. And so, yeah, yeah, man. hopefully we're not harming people. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the, the thing with this whole game, this whole charade that's happening is how they're pitting, pitting the unvaccinated against everyone is that we could sit here and go, well, we're not harming anyone. But from the point of view of someone who believes vaccines are the end all yep. be, our, be all, we are the most horrible people on the planet. And we should yep. be put on an island and to, you know, we shouldn't be able to be able to get groceries and, and live a normal life. And I think that's the, the genius play, I think, by these social engineers and architects of control to, yeah. um, yeah. to keep furthering this divide and conquer strategy. Yeah, which brings us back to what uh, Joel was saying earlier about it needing to be, it needing to be inclusive. And so when I see people in the street, for example, wearing masks or whatever they're doing, I, tr I don't want to put at a divide between us. I like to include them because at the end of the day, like I said, we're all, this is a collective. And if we continue to go, no, you suck, you're doing the wrong thing and you're danger, then we're just going to keep seeing the same things happening in a, on a different scale. After this, I think everyone's pretty familiar with the natural cycles of the earth and the uh, cataclysms that we will create based on what we're going through is going to look like weather patterns that could be construed as climate change. And then it's gonna be the people who think that climate change is real and the people who aren't, the people who think that everyone else is wrecking the world and the people who think that the other side's wrecking the world. It's just gonna be another one until we start becoming more inclusive. And then after climate change, it'll be aliens. Aliens are real, no, they're not. Aliens are real, no, they're not. Did you not know this? Making a video about aliens and then, you know, it's just, it'll just repeat and repeat. It'll be the same base trauma will be represented as now it's coronavirus, now it's climate change, now it's aliens, now it's terrorism again. Now let's revisit global warming. And now, do you know what I mean? It'll always have a different face, but the, the base point will always be the same until this changes. Until that changes, that narrative, that movie will just keep playing out. Yeah, and it's, I mean, yeah. it's, been, it's been repeating for, for as long as you mean anyone can look into history. Really, this isn't, this isn't the first rodeo by, by, by any means. It's just the same yeah. story, but with a different technology and different events um tom i know you got to run man i really really appreciate your time i've loved this conversation um yeah is there anything that you'd like to shout out to our audience anything you're currently running where they can reach you sure yeah you can reach me at tombarnett.tv all of my content is up there uh, my email addresses are on there and i'm also on telegram and instagram tombarnett.tv Awesome. Facebook's just my name and I think my YouTube's back up, but I keep getting, I think I might be gone again by now, but yeah, I think realistically, you know, I think these conversations are great because we can have some fun with it. Uh, the seriousness isn't there, but we're also willing to look at ourselves as much as we're willing to look at the world around us. And I feel that that's really, really healthy. It's really healthy because while we're not sitting here trying to say what everyone else should do or saying how the world should change, we're really looking at how we can change, which is, that's where the empowerment is. I feel yeah. it's really disempowering when we only see everything else as the problem and not us. And therefore we look to the UN 
hey, that's a great idea. Everyone should, the UN should come and fix everything <laughs> or politicians or leaders of any kind or pop stars or movie stars looking to social media influences to change things. That's not going to, that's not the case. Mm. So I think this is really healthy what we're discussing here and hopefully other people get value from it as well. Yeah, yeah man. man. Even, even on my end, because you know, you brought up something that's just a good reminder. I could, I could be more inclusive. I mean, there's times I'm walking down the street. I'm like that fucking motherfucker wearing a mask you know and it's like all right just take a deep breath come back you know it's it's uh yeah it is always work to be done you know and depending on where i'm at like what what state my nervous system is in then i'm going to be impacted in a certain way on one day is going to be different than another day so it's just we're just in it we're having the conversation we're doing the work we're here for the truth we don't say we have all the answers but we're here for exploring it we're here for going deep inwards and externally and asking the questions and searching for the answers and i think that's what this podcast is about is we just want to have dialogues like this where we're not saying we have all the answers but we're gonna have the the conversations and and see what bubbles up from there well yeah we're, we're embodying our process right um I want to end this on, on a quote, which I think ties this all in. And it's by the man, Vernon Howard. When told that man lives in delusion, everyone thinks of himself as the exception. Hence, his delusion. Hmm. Nice. That's yeah. Tom, cool. um, love you, man. Keep being of service. Keep doing you. Keep shining your light. Keep sharing your gifts. We appreciate it. Down the road, bro. Love to have you back on and have, have a little... Sure. We'll chat again. Um, have an awesome day, man. And thank you so much. Thanks, you too. Thanks, guys. Thanks, bro. guys. Thanks for listening to our members. We'll see you in a couple of days. Um, to the public audience, we'll see you next week. Take care. Smoking mirrors, I'm seeing through the illusion. Waking up in a the time, they think you're in a 